0: I have um, a room over here, a wall basically, where I have all of Kirsten's memories and the things that people have given to me, and it's really special to me because when I'm really feeling down, I can look at the wall and take pictures and you know look at the pictures. So it's it's an incredible thing and it, it makes me miss her more. But it, I, my favorite one is in the middle where she and her little brother were together. That was the. Christmas before she died.
1: So. You're listening to the Artan Reno podcast with KWNK LP ninety seven point seven FM in Reno, Nevada. Right now we're inside Darcy Patterson's home and she's showing us photos, souvenirs and mementos related to her daughter Kirsten who died of a drug overdose alone in her car in Idlewild Park in 2017 while she was in high school. This death spurred Patterson to be an advocate for opioid awareness. She now leads Wake Up Nevada which has been distributing Narcan and Fentanyl test strips to the community. I'm your host, Nico Columbus, the coordinator of Our Town, Reno, which includes this podcast. First, a word from our sponsor, and then back to this week's episode with Darcy Patterson, the force behind Wake Up Nevada.
0: Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcasts. Client services, special projects, documentaries. We are a production center at At the Reynolds Reynolds School of of Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab, Media Lab, Media Lab.
1: This is the Our Town, Reno podcast. I'm your host this week. And we're here at the home of Darcy Patterson, who leads Wake Up Nevada. Darcy, uh, when we start this podcast, I'd like to begin by talking about your daughter, Kirsten, because you do this in your daughter's name to honor her. So tell us about Kirsten, who she was, and what happened to her.
0: Kirsten um, was a beautiful young lady, very smart, very witty, funny, great smile, Um, She got involved with substances when she was um, a freshman in high school, and it progressed to the point where she was eventually um, using heroin. And she died of an overdose in 2017. She died in Idlewild Park in her car by herself. Um, It was her birthday that day. And, um, so like you said, I've been ever since then trying to keep her name alive because I don't want her life to be in vain, her death to be in vain. She was an incredibly special person and, um, she deserved to, you know, have a full life, which was cut short.
1: And it's been a a long road obviously for you. You're showing a lot of strength. Uh, so initially, you were part of a group called Addicts Mom. Uh, you, you organized an event called Lights of Hope. You now help uh, grieving moms. And you have uh, Wake Up Nevada, which we'll talk about more in detail as we progress in this interview. Where does all this strength come from? Mm-hmm.
0: I have a lot of strength from others. Um, I, my belief is I have a strength belief in God. And so that gives me a lot of energy and a lot of power. Um, you know, some people say it's their higher power. I believe it's God for me. Um, and I have a lot of support from friends that are in the same situation or understand where I'm at. So I really le- rely heavily on all of those.
1: This is the R Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbant and we're here at the home of Darcy Patterson, and we'll be talking about Wake Up Nevada. So what is Wake Up Nevada? When did it begin? And what are its plans?
0: so wake up nevada is um, is a program that was for overdose prevention opioid overdose prevention um, and it was created in 2020 um, we had a grant through the rpd and um, we had a bunch of groups that were involved and we created this wake up nevada we had billboards we had uh, ads um you know we had fold out literature that we could hand out um and it started out great, and it was really wonderful and very successful. The Facebook was just blow, blew up. And then the, their grant ended, and so I assumed it. And now um, we are revamping the website, which I'm really excited about. Um, and we are we're mostly in the community, and what we're doing is giving out Narcan and fentanyl test strips so that we can save others from overdose and prevent another family from being where I'm at, um, a mom and or a dad or family. Um, and and also just to get the awareness out there that this is happening. It can happen to anyone. It's not just to the person in the gutter. It's your friend. It's your sister, brother. Um, so look around grab Narcan, get some fentanyl test strips and share them with others. And is Wake Up Nevada registered
1: as a nonprofit?
0: No, it is not. No, it actually is just funded through me. Um, so right now um, we are always asking for donations. Um, we are very fortunate to be funded for our Narcan and fentanyl test strips through CASAT through UNR, and so that's a blessing. But we're always looking for other sources because their sources get tapped out really easily. So that's that's one thing we're looking at. And where can
1: people donate? Through the website? Through the
0: Facebook? Yes, Venmo, actually. Um, It's at Darcy, D-A-R-C-Y, capital D. Um, What is it? The hyphen or the... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, underscore Patterson, capital P. (laughs) Yeah. And you interact
1: with uh, UNR and other uh, very worthy organizations in Reno. Can you talk about that, how you interact with them?
0: Yes. um, I'm involved with many organizations in Reno and SPARKS. Um, One of the major ones that I hooked up with probably about a year and a half ago was was Black Wall Street. Um, They have been phenomenal in helping us get the word out. Um, Donald, who is one of the co-founders, he was he also lost someone to an overdose. And so he and I are pretty close about that situation. And so he's on the same page. And they are incredible people and they have allowed me to be part of whatever community event they're a part of. I can get the word out. We have Narcan boxes that we're putting out on the streets um, for free, you know, free supplies for the people that are in our community. Um, and also, I, I partner with Tucasa Casa Latina. Um, they're a wonderful um, nonprofit in our area, Victory Outreach, many, many others, Good Shepherd's Closet. So we're involved with anything that has to do with the community and the youth and the saving and the preventative. That's where we're at.
1: And, uh, you know, there were some uh, lawsuits related to opioids. Uh, Then we had, you know, the the pandemic, and it seems uh, the the opioid fentanyl crisis has been, uh, you know, taken off the front pages. Do you feel there's a lack of urgency in this response, a lack
0: of support for worthy organizations such as yours? Absolutely. You know, um, if we treated the opioid overdose, not just that all overdoses, the same as we did the pandemic for COVID, we would definitely be on top of what's going on and getting some control. But right now, it's it's kind of skirted behind. Um, People don't see it on the front page. Um, That's what I'm trying to get out there so that it, it should be on the front page. We're losing They say at least 300 to 600 people a day in the U.S. just from overdoses of any sort. This is the
1: R Town, Reno podcast. I'm your host, Nico Columbant, and we're here with Darcy Patterson with Wake Up Nevada. And uh, take us back maybe to uh, 2017. It's very difficult, but, uh, you know, as a mom, how did you experience that? Did you see uh, warning signs? Did you... uh, have concerns? How did that all unfold?
0: Yes, um, she actually um, had some really ch- big challenges while going to high school. She was kind of outcast, um, and she was raped in, in her freshman year, um, which she never really recovered from. Um, she had some mental health issues, um, which almost always goes hand in hand with substance use. Um, and. I saw, you know, decline in school. I saw um, her being running away, not wanting to come home, out with people I didn't really think it was a good choice to be out with. Um, I knew she was using, but I didn't know what at that time and I didn't have resources, which was really difficult. I, you know, a lot of times I was calling the police to come and get her and, you know, they didn't know what to do with her. And then, you know, when she was missing, I would have someone looking for her or I'd put her in a um, facility to try and get some help for her. And that didn't ever work. And at that time the resources were very, very few. And, um, If I knew then what I know now as far as resources, I'm very happy to tell you that there are a lot in our town, and there's ways to reach them, and back then I didn't have them, so I was just kind of going on a wing, you know, trying to figure out how, how to man it by myself, and, um, but I did see changes, and, um, she started to get really sick, um, and so I saw a lot of changes there and took her to counseling, and um, I never really knew that she was um, using opiates early on in, um, when she first started, but um, I did know eventually that she was using heroin, and um, that led to so many other things, in and out of jail, in and out of rehabs, um, treatment, counseling, all of those things.
1: And uh, you mentioned uh, police responding. Uh, currently, do we have more specialized uh, response teams or mental health infrastructure than in 2017? Or is it kind of at the same level for that? If a mother knows her child is struggling, you know, people who try to, to help that person, has it improved?
0: Yes, I I think it really has. We have the MOST team, um, and they respond mostly to um, mental health issues with the police. Um, They need more people, though. They don't have enough people for our town, Um, and that's in Reno and Sparks. Um, And also um, the RPD, as well as the Sparks PD, I believe, they go through training um, now that has to do with mental health, Um, you know, how to deescalate, but not only that, but how to use the right words and speak with people in a loving, kind manner instead of, you know, locking them up, taking them to jail, which is the worst thing that could ever happen to someone who has a mental health issue or a substance use issue. And
1: uh, the availability of of drugs that are very powerful uh, for high schoolers in this area, did that surprise you?
0: Um, yes, definitely back then. Um, but I do did know that the some of the kids were using other people's prescriptions opiates um at that time but I didn't really know what the whole you know what the full picture looked like at that time but um I, she could get it from anywhere she there was no problem and then when it became expensive because the pills were like fifty dollars a piece then most people and her went to Heron, which was a little bit cheaper on the street and it was available it, at, no matter what age you were it was available it was available at school it was ab- available in the street you could get it anywhere
1: and could you share more about her good days yeah
0: she she was an incredible kid she loved little kids um she adored her little brother and they were very close they're 10 years apart like i said and um she played volleyball. She was incredibly bubbly. She had a beautiful smile and laugh. Um, she was talented in many ways. She taught herself guitar. Um, she just really had a beautiful heart and loving heart, and she really shined through her smile and through her eyes. Um, I really think that um, she would have eventually worked in some form or manner in, um, with children or... Um, you know just something in a helping profession because even though that she was in a spot herself she was always helping others at the communities that she stayed in the rehabs she was always helping other women and children in the in those programs and and they loved her so yeah she's very talented and beautiful lady so looking down on you, she's proud of you right now? Yeah, she's very proud. She gives me signs. So I don't know if some people believe in them, some people don't, but I, I know she gives me signs that she's proud and she's glad that I'm doing something to stop what was, what's still continuing um, in my own way.
1: This is the R Town Reno podcast. I'm your host, Nico Columbus and we're here with Darcy Patterson. And we'll take a quick break with ads from two other podcasts in Reno you should also be listening to.
0: Do you want to keep up on what's happening in the local art community? Double Scoop always has the scoop on that. Want to know which exhibitions, parties, and other art events are happening this weekend? Follow us on Instagram at DoubleScoopNevada and listen to KWNK 97.7 FM for our Short Scoop Art Events Roundup. If you're an artist and you're looking for places to show your work, we have lots of opportunities listed right now. To find them, visit doublescoop.art slash events and filter for Call for Artists. If you'd like to follow all of our art news and meet local artists, you can sign up for our email lists at doublescoop.art. Do you like podcasts? Well, we have a podcast from you. This is Sean from Up in the Mix.
1: This is Della Photo. Do you like to get into a random wormholes of conversation?
0: Do you like to learn about the culture from sneakers to hip hop music to basketball? Then we have a podcast just for you. We have one called Up in the Mix. It is available on all streaming platforms from Spotify to Apple. Check us out, upinthemix.live on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Salud.
1: And we're back. This is the Our Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbus and we're here with Darcy Patterson. So we were talking about Wake Up Nevada, the website, some of the activities you have. And you were telling me before the interview that you're also a nurse with two nursing jobs. So tell me about that and how you just keep it going. You have a son. Uh, you know, how do you keep it all going?
0: So I've been a labor and delivery nurse for 23 years. And then St. Mary's closed their labor and delivery. And so um, that's what ended me up in, in endoscopy. But I've been a hospice nurse for two years, which I absolutely love because I really feel like I can relate with those that are losing their family member. um, And I also have a lot of empathy um, for that. And I love my older population because they're just frank. They just tell it how it is, which I love. So I I really adore my hospice job. I loved being a labor and delivery nurse. And endoscopy is great. Um, So I've learned a lot of new things in nursing. And, of course, like you said, I have my son who just graduated and is starting at UNR in the fall. And, you know, I really had to live for him. Um, There were a lot of times where I was really down and I thought, well, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to go on. Not that I would maybe have killed myself, but I really felt like, you know, there were some really down times. But. Um, I knew I had him, and I I'm it for him. So I was the one that needed to take care of him and provide, and so I did, and I have been. And he's a great supporter of what I do. He'll help set up and you know tear down, and um, he's a huge backer of what I do, even though he doesn't talk about it very much. But that's okay. Um, and you know, like I was saying before, I really have a faith. I ha- I I rely on my faith all the time, and um. I have an amazing friend group. I have amazing friend group in Al-Anon, and like I was telling you about those other groups that I, you know, help the grieving moms. I'm involved with. Um, I'm on the board for Safe Launch, which is um, preventative education um, to stop kids from using before they, you know, before they start in the early in the early ages to make a conscious choice to not use. And they have a plane. They fly all over, and they let the kids paint on the plane, which is fabulous. Um, So I, I keep myself busy, and I think that's probably a saving grace for me because I need to be doing something for others. That's just my way, and that really brings me a lot of happiness and peace and knowing that I'm doing something for others, but I'm also doing something for Kirsten and my family.
1: So you help moms at different levels of what's going on. So uh, any tips for our listeners if they themselves uh, have a family member uh, going through difficulties or if they lost a family member and they haven't really reached out to too many groups?
0: Yes, they can always contact me. Um, I have many resources that I can get them in touch with. Um, my, um, email is r n D-A-R-C-Y at yahoo.com. And I can put them in touch with, um, other people that can help. Maybe myself, maybe others. Um, there's many Facebook groups, which is really helpful. Um, and then we have some local groups that are helpful too, some Al-Anon groups. Um, I advise to get a counselor right off the bat for both, for them and for you. Um, and um, be get very educated in what's happening with them find out everything you can about if they're using substances what that substance does so you can understand that it's a disease your kids have a disease just like if they had cancer diabetes and so you need to know that's what you would do for any child who you know had a had a disease like we talked about like cancer you would find out everything there was to know about that and once you do that, then you can advocate for your child, your family member. Um, you can, um, you know, you can stand in a spot where you have knowledge about what is right and what is wrong, and you can get the resources because you know what you need. Back then, I really didn't know what I needed and where to go and who who to you know to turn to. Um, but that was just because there was a lack. Then there was a lack. Of resources but now there's a lot of resources um, we um, I partner also with usarehabcenters.org and they are a huge plethora of resources it's online you plug in like if you're getting a hotel you put in you know I want this many bedrooms and you know on this date blah 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 And it filters it, and um, it gives you the resources that you need for whatever state you live in. So it's fabulous. Yeah.
1: And on the emergency front line, you are active in distributing Narcan. So can you explain why maybe we should have more everywhere and really normalize having it accessible to people very quickly?
0: Yes. um, Narcan is really the only thing that's going to save you from an overdose. Um, many things have fentanyl in them right now. Um, and if they don't, you should assume there, there is fentanyl in them and have Narcan, which reverses the overdose. Um, so it's, What we're trying to do is flood the market here in town so it's everywhere because it happens everywhere. It happens at the grocery store and the Taco Bell and the, you know, so we need to have it readily on hand. We have Narcan boxes um, throughout our cities. Um, We're in the process of getting more, and what we've done is refurbish old newspaper um, stands and, um we're putting the Narcan in there. It's free to the public. Um, they're centrally placed. Um, and then we have some, um, some community um, partnerships like Reno Behavioral Health that is sponsoring one of our Narcan boxes. And so we're looking for others. Um, and it needs to be out there because if it's not there, and they don't have access to it, they will die. There's no question. It's an immediate death. I mean, it only takes a grain of salt of fentanyl to to kill someone. but prevention is where it's at. If someone cannot get recovery unless they're alive, I know that sounds cliche, but it's absolutely true. Where, you know, some people say, well, you're keeping them alive. Well, yeah, we are, so that they can maybe eventually get recovery. Because as you and I both know, we see people that have made huge recoveries. And if they were not saved, um, who knows, who knows, you know, and it's a passion of mine. And I love the people on the streets. They are so positive about what we're doing. They're telling us, thank you for putting this out here. Thank you for what you do. And it's a blessing to me. This
1: is the Our Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbin. We're here with Darcy Patterson. And as we wrap up the episode, if you were to get more donations, more funding, what could uh, Wake Up Nevada do more?
0: Well, we certainly could put out more Narcan boxes because we, what our goal is is to get them into every park in the city. So we're talking with the Parks and Rec about that um, so that it's available. And those are very hot spots in our towns. Um And also to put out more information, you know, put out more education. Um, We have a project right now with Black Wall Street where we're gonna take youth into our schools starting in August. So we need some funding for that. We're gonna do peer to peer support and um, we're doing a pilot program starting in August, like I said. And, you know, it takes money to do those things. It takes money for me to go to these events um, and put out the Narcan even though we get it supplied through Cassatt you know it takes my own money to you know to get there and time and um, so donations really help in many ways you might not be able to see that on the front end but we certainly can tell you what what it's going towards and you know how we're using it and how it benefits our community and saves our kids
1: and your daughter was in high school and you never know when someone's light bulb can turn on so an outreach session like that in a high school could turn around a kid right
0: absolutely i i would have that if i know for sure if they had had something like that back then she may have been able to turn it around then because you know peers are so much more strong with peers as opposed to you know one of us an adult telling them what they should be doing or helping them, you know, um, the peer can get to them, the peer understands, we're talking about peers, kids, you know, high school kids that have been there, done that. And um, so I'm really blessed to be able to do that. And also not just about substances, but about mental health, you know, struggles at home, struggles in school, and just be there for them.
1: And you mentioned uh, interacting, collaborating with UNR. Can you explain that in more detail?
0: Yeah, well, we collaborate with CASAT and NRAP through UNR. Um, CASAT provides the Narcan and the fentanyl test strips, which is wonderful. They must have a grant of some sort. So we get that free, which is a blessing because they say when they put the Narcan um, you know over the counter that it's probably going to be about fifty dollars a box which is kind of pricey not a lot of people are going to buy that just to have it on hand so we need to keep you know have that available for us to to hand out to the community members um we also work with nwrap we we're involved with a lot of the um continuing education that they do there any anything that has to do with substance or mental health, we're always tied and and try to attend whatever they've got going on. They've got they've had many multicultural type events, and we've been there. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter what what the place is that we're at in the community, um, if we're up at UNR or if we're you know down on Fourth Street or whatever. Everybody can relate. Everybody needs Narcan and fentanyl test strips. It's not, um, it's very universal. I didn't really realize that until yesterday when I went to a teacher's conference and handed out Narcan and fentanyl test strips and realized that these people are also out there. They're with the kids, you know, they, they need it. They need it on hand. And um, it was very um, rewarding to go and see that. Any
1: final words for our listeners and for parents out there?
0: Just realize that um, no one is immune from substances or mental health issues. And we need to talk about it. We need to talk about losing our children and our family members to it so that others know it's okay and that it happens and to end the stigma because um, the only way we end it is by talking about it and talking about prevention and really supporting others who are in our spot. So um, if you need to reach out to me, do that. I'm here. Thank
1: you, Darcy. And we're thinking of Kirsten.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you for listening to this Our Town Reno podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at ArtTownReno, at ArtTownReno.com, and on Instagram at BiggestLittleStreets. Check back in for next week's episode, or delve into our archives, and remember, help each other out.